Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Dan Orlovsky. When I'm looking for safety, I always take the extra steps and listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 280. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing, dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, man? Welcome back. I'm good, man. I've been uh, I've been watching Rocky a lot lately. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just practicing. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, you got the look going. That's nice. I'm happy that... It's football season. Uh, all right, we'll talk about uh, the show today. We got a lot of stuff coming up. We're going to talk about the fifty-three man and, of course, the practice squad. Uh, we got a breakdown of that squad in a couple of places. But Chris might have been wrong. <laughs> we're going to talk about what home field advantage means in COVID. What it could mean as the season goes on and things maybe change. Uh, season predictions. We're going to do a preview around the division. We got so much going on. You do not want to miss this show. It's a great show. Case. Are you ready to go, my man? Adrian! Oh, for God's sake. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on the Patreon. Very special thanks to Dylan from... And of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Also, Brian Burkheiser from iPrevail, iPrevailBand.com. If you didn't see the new... Uh, video yet case go check it out it's it's actually emotionally moving for a guy like me who doesn't care about much it was wow it was really impressive so check them out i got a new video over there on youtube uh also uh all those guys we talk about and many many more riz case myself um wisco boiler who's who's well known renowned in the wisconsin area for cutting floor joists um all hang out with there's like 230 people on the slack right now how do you get there uh well you go to patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast set up a donation of at least a dollar a month and bingo bango wama llama bing bong you will get access within like an hour or so to our slack chat it is a private chat for only patreon users and it's got all the other sports baseball not soccer, <laughs> baseball, basketball, uh, all that kind of stuff going on. Hockey, 
And uh, there's good conversations going on there. But the football chat, the Lions chat, um, the most intelligent football chat, not just Lions chat, football chat on the Internet. I know a lot of places, uh, including, including, you know, where we started and got our name with Reddit, uh, have great chat functionality. But you cannot. They all have that low, low, low low bar of interaction sometimes and case you you tell me we don't seem to have that we have a really really solid group of folks who even when they disagree walk away you know holding the beer and buying each other the next round yeah no i haven't seen any drama which is nice because it's not a lot of places on the internet where you can go and not find drama yeah yeah it is the best place for for convo man it's a great place come join all you gotta do patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast and uh, join the fun it's a great place give us a like on facebook facebook.com slash the detroit lions podcast instagram detroit lions podcast follow us there but don't miss us at the most important of all places on twitter at DET Lions Podcast. Go get that follow thing going on at DET Lions Podcast. It is the very best place to see Case. With no pants on. Very good. Very good. Subscribe on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Subscribe to us. Hit the bell. Do all that stuff. We love it. Um, we're, we're cracking. I think we're just cracking 2,000 subscribers as we we just started getting this going pretty pretty decently on the uh, YouTube here. So it feels good for folks to to go. Remember, that's where all of the uh, post-game shows will be. We'll do your live calls on the YouTube. So, again, YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get the subscriptions on there. We're looking for that 100,000 subscriber award. So if you haven't hit that button, where the hell are you? You are really wrecking our lives. So get that fixed for us. Uh, Fantasy football, Pro Pick'em is still open. That's going to close down shortly. Uh, I think Friday this week or Saturday we will close that down. You won't get a chance. Big pool. rest of the fantasy is full. Thank you so much, everybody who joined us. We will have some fun. we got our YouTube chat bouncing today. Yeah, yeah, folks are going, baby. Uh, Let's see. We'll get to it real quick. Uh, rate us iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, wherever you find us. Give us those five-star reviews, please. Those reviews are forever. You can't change it. If you say, hey, Case needs a nose job, and we go get him a new nose job, still two two stars, even after it's all fixed. So five stars we appreciate. If you got something you don't like, let us know in the subreddit. We will definitely address that with you. Community show, you own it. Feel free to give us feedback and help us change and be better. Lastly, give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast. It's Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Leave a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. See how good I'm getting that now? That's just flowing off the tongue, Case. Heading into week one. No stumbles. All real, all live. First thing I want to talk about is we've got a huge week of content coming for you guys. Today, Case and I, the two the two glory boys, uh, we will be giving you this show, of course. Friday, there is a um, preview show ahead of the Bears game. It will be Riz, myself, and Tony Ortiz from 97.1. He will be joining us as well. We'll be doing a good pregame breakdown for you guys. That'll be at about 4.15 p.m. Eastern. And uh, and then it'll be available as a podcast as well. And then don't forget our first post-game show of the season coming up as the Lions spank the snot out of the Bears and send them packing to mommy with tears in their eyes. Is there any other outcome possible case? I can't see one. Uh, No, no. I mean... 
Last time we thought that we got Climb that. Toast. <laughs> so we got a little too drunk. <laughs> it was a after, after that juxtaposition. But no, no, we got a good Couldn't one. Couldn't see one then either. <laughs> got a great post game show coming. So uh, uh, make sure to join us. Uh, Sam Man will be joining for that. And uh, just maybe Case depends on a couple of things that are or he's got. You know, a couple plates in the air. They're ready to get that taken care of. So it will be good. It'll be me, Sandman, at minimum. Maybe the gorgeous. I hope case. I'll be there, but yeah, there's things out of my control. So yeah, and actually, yeah, four. Uh, well, yeah, no, those were the three. Unless I'm, uh, and then we also an uncut classic, classic, showing how out of control those things are for case. All right, let's talk about the big fifty-three. We got our 53-man roster here. How weird is it to get the 53 right before the season starts like this with no pre-game, preseason, no... It's 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 really weird, Case. It, this is just a weird, like, massive cut and go. I'm trying to remember if last year they didn't change the rules and didn't have to do all their cuts until last minute. So it also came kind of in a flood. But at the same time, we had a much better like idea going in, or at least we thought we had a much better idea going into it just because we watched preseason. But um, this year, yeah, no, for sure. It was like, you know, everybody had their guesses, but I don't think anybody, although I will talk about one where there were some people who were pretty convinced about something and, I, I said I don't know, and I was right. So we're gonna we're gonna get a little bit of uh, classic get, mark your bingo cards while case uh, gloats kind of stuff today. So. Gloaty case, gloaty case, gloaty case is best case actually. I, I enjoy it because <laughs> it's it's always preceded by a precipitous fall, so that'll be good. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the fifty three. Couple of big names um, and 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 things going on here the one i think that everybody's most familiar with and it's the top of everybody's tongue and it's actually the subject of um let's see who's gonna get the most yards going on in the chat that big question going on um i gotta tell you adrian peterson signed and obviously he's going to be ready and at 46 years old he is going to be the number one rusher in the nfl i think we can pin all our hopes and dreams for super bowl on adrian's back and i know you can't disagree with that can you case I mean, I don't care who gets the ball, to be honest, as long as it works. <laughs> I don't know. See, the problem with trying to make a prediction right now is that we've got two guys, one one who's oft injured and the other who's currently injured. I don't know what the hell is going to shake out with this, but I, I do appreciate going back and actually looking at what Adrian Peterson has done the last couple of years. I'm not usually in favor of. Uh, are we? Is it? Are we going into the AD? Is that? Is that our current yeah. topic right yeah. now? Yeah, and that's, okay. That's, let's start. Let me just start. This is one that's, that's bothering me. AD versus AP, right? You want to say Adrian Peterson? It's just easier to write AP, right? And everybody knows who I don't you're talking care. about. I, I know he cares. That's. But his nickname is all day. His dad gave it to him when he was young, right? And so AD's been kind of his his nickname, and now I'm just flummoxed. I don't. I. I I don't know what to call him. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know I just call him AD, and then I but I see people saying AP, and I don't know if I should be scoffing at them or not. I I, I don't think it matters. I I also think that um, you know it sounded early on in his career like he cared about it, but I haven't heard him say anything about it in years and years and years. So I I would imagine that he doesn't really care that much about it at this point either. Um, it's like I get called Casey or Chase all the time. If they if they or, or 
cash or, you know, any other number of, because nobody thinks the case is a real name, or at least they didn't before Case Keenum came along. Um, but I mean, if I got upset about it every day because somebody used the wrong thing, I, you know, I'd be a very, very much more, much more, I should say, angry man than I already am. So. <laughs> well, maybe we can A-B test it. We've got two, two, two suggestions in the, in the chat. One is call him ADP. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's getting paid, right? Uh, and the other one is call him Little Petey. Little Petey. <laughs> Which do you think he'd prefer? <laughs> okay. Probably ADP. So, <laughs> <laughs> my thought on bringing him in is, and, and you know, you and I, we'll probably shy away from any of the I hear ADP is Cardi B's next the, song, the, but go ahead. The controversial <laughs> stuff. Um, so I strictly look at looking at it from a pragmatic standpoint of what he brings to the team. I'm not usually for uh, running backs of that age, but then again, we've seen those few guys, the Frank mm-hmm. Gores, the Emmett Smiths, you know, the, the guys mm-hmm. who are able to continue to produce and produce and produce later into their career. And it, considering the size of his contract, which is what a million, approximately a million, almost vetmen if it wasn't vetmen for a guy his age is not bad, especially having to put Bo on IR. And I think AP, we'll just call him Adrian, is probably a step above Bo. And I know we like Bo and I don't mean to, you know, talk bad about him, but I mean, you, you're still talking about a dude who, who's put up way more production behind a crap O-line the last two years than Bo probably ever could have. So yeah, I you you mentioned Emmett Smith, and I think about and, and this is maybe just my memory, and it's and it's it's soiled or sullied his his rep. I mean, he did put a lot of years in, but God, Emmett Smith at Arizona, I just all I remember is it was horrible. It was he it well, was like yeah. And I mean, Emmett. everybody's going to fall off eventually, and, and this I don't may want be the year I don't want finally falls off. So. I don't want to be the Emmett Smith at Arizona with AP ADP at the Lions, right? They can cut him at any time. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, do we want to talk about the Cleveland Steamers? Odell's coming up in the in the uh, chat. Or do we just not want to dump on him? Nah, let's skip it. Sorry, guys. We'll okay. Keep to Lions today, okay. or till we get to around the division anyway. <laughs> just slide a couple in there. That's good enough. All right. So, yeah, what do you think? You no, know, what do you think about his production? I mean, we haven't seen a lot of him. We saw him last year at Washington, and he looked good. If he falls off, this is the year he falls off, right? What was his yard for average, like 4.3, 4.5 last year? That's pretty, pretty. Well, and here's what I'll say. Uh, The things that he's best at are still like, he's great at jump cuts. He's really good at taking on contact. He is not a speedster. So you're not likely to see him breaking massive runs. You might see him breaking solid, you know, 15 to 20 runs, but he's not going to run away from the secondary of a defense. He's going to get tripped up. But we need somebody like that. All, you, every team needs a power back, and he is a power back. At this point in his career, at one point in time, he was a three-down back. He's never really been a great pass catcher, although he did catch some passes from Haskins last year. Uh, in screen game, which automatically mostly. is pretty amazing um, if you were catching passes but, from Haskins. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I lost audio on you for a sec. Oh yeah, no, I was just ripping on Haskins' ability to throw a ball. I mean, you got to be pretty good if you're catching a pass from Haskins at this point. <laughs> sorry, Chris, my audio on you dropped out completely. All right. We'll keep going until you uh, maybe can get it back. I apologize if there's a, it's working on my side, so it's got to be your new Bluetooth uh, headset, my friend. Um, 
Let's see. Now it looks like case is completely there we go. fixed. Oh, it. There's, Sorry, guys. Okay. There he is. All right. Good, good, good. Um, let's see if we can get case back video wise now. Uh, come on, case. Oh, no, I didn't fully fix it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, case. Um, oh, let's see. Hold on. How's that? Is that better? No? Okay. We'll just keep going, and um, I'm going to let... I hear you on a delay. Sorry, guys. We'll, I'll, I'll get it sorted out. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, let's, uh, we'll keep going. We've got Adrian Peterson. I think he's going to be a decent contributor. I don't know. If he drops off, he'll still just cannonball his ass through that, um, through that, uh, that line, and it'll be fine. Um, we'll go with that. And uh, and Rotha, hey, you guys, just really quick, if you want to help support and fix Case's video, <laughs> don't forget about the super chat on the on the on the chat down below. That helps make all this stuff uh, pay get better. Um, he got a new laptop. Now he got to upgrade his internet. I think. All right, so we'll get going with that. Uh, let's see. So we got that going on. Adrian Peterson, I think he's going to be uh, a decent. I, I like the idea of having him, but I I like everything that sits behind him. So that's going to be really really nice. Um, let's talk about quarterbacks. Uh, when we think about quarterbacks, uh, what came up was the whole concept of, um, the, there's a lot of people, Chris Burke I'm fully fixed, by the way, we're good. <laughs> no more children. Um, Chris Burke, uh, who was a cow Mikey maybe as well said that the lions, they were fully convinced the lions were going to uh, carry two quarter or three quarterbacks in the roster this year saying, Oh, that's what they do. That's what they do. Case. To his credit, and let me just give him a little bit of a little bit of love there. Um, he said that they're going to carry two, and last year was the only season they had three. Case, what? Where did you get this divine insight, and how are you so smart? Well, I just didn't understand. First of all, I didn't understand why they were so convinced that we were going to keep three. I mean, they were at training camp and we weren't. So they were seeing things from, you know, training camp perspective. But I think sometimes the training camp perspective can fool people too, because if they, just because they were giving Blau extra time to find out whether or not they were going to roster him uh, is, is a completely different argument to whether or not they should have rostered him. Um, there seems to be a misconception among a lot of Lions fans that the Lions always keep three quarterbacks. But in the Quinn era, last season was the only year in the Quinn era that they kept three quarterbacks on the roster. We had, we've had other guys on the practice squad, but I mean, I didn't... All that I think there was was people concerned about Stafford's health. And it's not that I don't understand that, but they were able to get Blau back on the practice squad, which means that if Stafford does go down and assuming nobody poaches Blau, which I think would be a little bit of a surprise if they did. There was a joke I saw going around that the Bears are going to do it just to get a, you know, a heads up on, on the offense. But, Only if Blau was um, a tight end. <laughs> right. But uh, I just... To me, it seemed silly to keep three guys if you're if you are convinced that Stafford is 100 percent. And to me, that is what this says, is that they're convinced that Stafford is 100 percent. And that's great news. I hope it stays that way, of course. But you you paid all this money for a veteran backup quarterback. And in, as we talked briefly before the show, you could call that an overpay. Right. Yeah. But. We were in a situation that was pretty dire last year where our both of our backup quarterbacks were 
did not perform well. And I know, you know, Blau had his, his moments occasionally, but he most certainly wasn't winning games for us. And he most certainly, I, I definitely think that Chase Daniels, if you look at his record, while not phenomenal, he has a pretty good statistical uh, record as a backup quarterback. Uh, he, his rating and, and the times when he's been able to step into games and perform decent. And there's several games last year that we probably could have won with that kind of production. Yeah, no, absolutely. Blau just wasn't able to do it. Um, I think... And, and I'm seeing it in the chat. Blau was put on the protected list for week one, which I think created a situation that okay. we got him. Yeah. Yep. So that, 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 that's nice. Um, I want to go back and talk, uh, Eric, um, I'll just say Eric. I'm so I don't, I don't know if he wants to get dots out or not. Um, he talks about a great, great point, uh, about the run game back on the Adrian Peterson piece. Uh, it's COVID season, right? It's a COVID season. I think the run game is critical early because the defense is going to be gassed in the fourth quarter in the first, for, you know, game to three games of the season, right? And uh, we may see ADP do well <laughs> in those first three games of the season and then fall off as a result of uh, defenses getting, you know, more, more gas in the tank. Uh, it's a really interesting point. I mean, how much how much does that um that cardio work you do really prepare you until you play the game right it just seems like even you know you you see in mma and boxing and and everywhere else they they do camp right they completely and are fully training for these fights and then they're gassed during the fights and at the ends you see the ones that go long they're all just i've seen them swinging just weak <laughs> at the ends and here's this is after tons and tons of training and cardio and everything else i mean you just put your whole body into it like that and it wears you down this may well be a situation where we have some defenses that aren't up to snuff and the and the run may be a very very potent part of the nfl in the first couple of weeks first quarter of the season it's a great point eric uh okay i think that catches us up on the chatty chat let's see um so yeah uh, Murphy, you thought the Bears were going to pick up Blau, so they had an NFL quarterback. <laughs> no, 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 they they would not do that. They are they are foregoing the quarterback position for tight end this year. All right, so as we walk through uh, TJ Hawkinson, we talked a little bit about Jesse James in the tight end position, uh, and and his his words last week. Case, what do you think about Jesse James kind of taking ownership for last year? I mean, did, and, and the whole conversation that he's had with the coaches and the coaches have had with him, do you feel like he's going to be on the road to redemption this year? Or is it going to be, we saw the best we're going to get out of Jesse James so far. I hate to bring up Eric Ebron, to be honest, but oh. we've seen guys not react well to a bad season. Mm -hmm. And although Eric would always say, you know, oh, I got to work harder. I got to work harder. As soon as the chips were down again, he, you know, reacted work harder. poorly. Um, so it's better to hear it than to not hear it or to hear something negative like it was their fault that I, you know. So, I mean, it, it, it's better. Whether or not it means anything in the long run, I, you know, that's tough to tell. And of course I want Jesse James. I want my redemption for Jesse James. So I want him to, uh, you know, perform more admirably this year. I want him to be a solid number two. Uh, but I, at this point, I think it's a, he has to prove it to everybody. Yeah. So even the people who wanted him here in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I, I think you're right. Um, let's see. We got Taylor Decker back. We talked about his deal. Great deal for the team. Great deal for him. I think that's really awesome that he went that way. Um, Matt Nelson is his backup. Joe Dahl, Logan Stenberg. I, I love me some Stenberg. Um, Jonah Jackson and Ode Abushi, Um working at the right guard. Uh, Abushi was dropped and picked back up and signed. We'll we'll talk about the, the practice squad piece. Was I wrong last week or not? I think it's just a situation of the more you the more you know. The more you know. We we, we I was right, but it just took a little time to get there. Um Amendola Agnew in the slot. That's interesting. That is really fun. I, I'm I, I think everybody is a little bit shocked and taken aback by how quickly Agnew stepped into that role and that's exciting man if he can if if you can end up with a player who manages to do something like that to switch position that late in their career and thrive man you are you are both lucky and you get to credit yourself for seeing that in them and building that in them didn't amandola and i mean hasn't like edelman too haven't they done kick returns or punt returns along the way I believe, yeah. We had Amendola do a few last year, I think. Yeah, I mean, throughout their career, right? So this is funny where you take guys that are those kind of skill positions and you put them to return kicks of some sort. And now we're taking a kick returner who happened to try to play safety for a little bit and turning him into a pass catcher, and he's been able to catch on. I'd Chris, love to see I hope it. he's a better receiver than Devin Hester. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> or Fuller. Remember Corey Fuller? Oh, God, he was so fast. <laughs> That was it. That's all he had. Was he was he ran out of the building real quick? He was quick. a hell of a yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he was run out quick. He was a hell of a track star. Yeah, no, this this Agnew experiment, I really like it. The, unfortunately, I really wish. I mean, this is a year with Agnew, especially that I would have loved to seen him at training camp and really be able to study what he's doing. I feel a little blind because all I got is a couple of puff. I don't want to say puff articles, but. They feel puffy because they're all feel good and sound good about Agnew, right? I, I I would have loved to seen what he did to see how much I kind of personally believe it. I want to believe, but it's just hard. It's hard to jump on it. But the team has made moves, um, most notably Huntley, which um, I was I was saving this for Riz because we gave him the the horn when it was right and wrong. Um, this one I'm going to go uh, for for me. Different horn, the trombone, the sad trombone. Um, only because I found out uh, Riz used to play trombone in the marching band. So uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that next time we talk to him. That's going to be a fun one. Um, anyway, yeah, no, I was wrong about Huntley. And I think we'll, we'll dive into that. We're running back. We got Carry On, Adrian Peterson, Ty Johnson, and DeAndre Swift. That feels That feels like a good core. Um, DeAndre Swift, people are all up in arms that he's injury prone. He's not an injury prone guy. He was injured and he could have gone if they said, if they were playing, I wouldn't worry about his injuries just yet. Carry on. I would just because we've got a history there. Uh, and Ty Johnson, this could, this is an opportunity for a breakout player of the year. You were high on him last year case. Well, I just felt that we didn't, we were lacking those speed players. And and I'm talking out of, out of training camp. You wanted to watch him. You were stoked for Ty Johnson. Oh, yeah. And he looked good in training camp yep. last year. Yep. So um, whether or not he'll, he'll, you know, build on what he did last year, I, again, I think it's a, he's got to prove it to everybody, including those of us like me who really want to see him succeed. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we already shit on Odell there. Work your dollar. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> 
we uh we want to talk about uh wide receivers galladay and cephas um i don't have much to say about galladay everybody you may know marvin, knows, Heron, you know. marvin jones too yeah i mean it, it, the only thing to talk about with galladay right now is the is how much the contract of deandre hopkins how much that extension applies to kenny um but i mean DeAndre Hopkins is a clear tier above Kenny. And it's, again, I don't mean that as disrespect to Kenny. I think he's a very good wide receiver. But DeAndre Hopkins is a top three in the game, easy. And uh, if they if we end up paying Galladay the same amount or more, which I've seen some people say for Galladay's extension, I would be, I would think that was a massive overpay. I would still like to see it somewhere. I mean, if it happens this, you know, before the year or during the first few weeks here, and it uh, 16 range, yeah. I, I still think that's a lot of money to 15, pay a wide 16, receiver, yeah. but I would understand it and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. If it's more than that, I'm going to I'm going to think, man, we're we're really limiting ourselves for the future by putting that much money down. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And there's nothing I want to see more than Galladay completely do a uh, an Odell on our opinions in the offseason about his ability to get inability to get separation. <laughs> that's that's going to be a thing. Do an Odell. I think that's. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's. I would love to see. I would love to see Kenny just prove us all over wrong because that's good for him. Good for good for us and and the whole thing. It just hasn't been there. So th- there'll be no I told you so's on Kenny Galladay if he just has a a little bit of a regression this year. Uh, it'll be a sad, darn it, we were right kind of a situation, but uh, we're 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 all hoping, cheering for him. So hopefully he can pull that together. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Jamie Collins. Well, I would real oh, quick on ahead. Cephas. I'm very, I am oh, very yeah, yeah, excited yeah. about Cephas um, at the moment. Uh, you know, it, it, it it's easy to fall into these traps in preseason when you start hearing such nice things, especially uh, not having gone to training camp this year, not actually seeing him in person. But man, uh, for him to go from that to what seemed like just boundless confidence all the way through uh, training camp, but because of how much he was impressing on a, on a everyday basis in practice, there's a lot to want out of that. So, I mean, he'll be the, he's the player that it's real easy to hook, hitch your wagon to at the moment and, and hope big things come early. Yeah. And, and hearing Cephas giving uh, Jeff Okuda some, some difficulties early on, um, that that sounded good until Jeff Okuda's your second <laughs> second string uh, cornerback. I think that's just for the start of the season. That will change as the, as the time goes on and he gets some feet under him. Or Warrior doing so so well. I really yeah. really love the sound of of where he's going. His growth that that's one you know we've been, we've been watching and this is the year. This is the year for him to make hay and uh, show what he can be. And I think I. I Everything we saw the end of last year points to the fact that he can do that. Um, yeah, Cephas, Cephas is a dude just hopefully that he can just step in and just kick some tail. I would absolutely love to see that. And uh, it's been, you know, I haven't heard a whole lot other, you know, here and there about him, about just either dominating or stinking. I haven't heard either one of those things. So we will definitely check out and see where he lands on that. That'll be good to hear. Um, Boy, people really want us to talk about Odell Beckham right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about that crap, boys. <laughs> uh, let's talk about. There was some talk. Someone who was a little less crappy wanted to talk about uh, Jamie Collins. Um, 
How do you think he's going to do this year? And what do we really need from him to succeed, Case? I understand that uh, why some people are um, reticent about Jamie Collins just because of his time at the Browns. And so when he wasn't with the Patriots, he didn't. But you got to balance that out with a maybe a level of maturity he didn't have then and b that he is going into such a similar system um and that everything's looked great so far from him so i have i have to have high expectations for him and even if he isn't like an all pro player i still think it's it's tough to not see him being an improvement on what we had because what we had wasn't good. Yeah. The idea that we have someone that can actually cover like tight ends, because it's for the last 106 years of the Lions existence, covering tight ends has been just an epic And that'll fail. also be De- <laughs> uh, Taylor, uh, Taylor De- uh, dot Decker. Uh, you know who I'm trying to say. No. The, the safety. <laughs> no idea. Tracy Walker. Tracy Walker. No Thank idea. you. Still no idea. Uh, that'll be Tracy Walker's job this year. And I think he's also fairly good at that when now that he can kind of commit to that type of a role, the strong safety uh, role more full time. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, I think that gets to the 53. Let's talk a little bit about and Before we get to the practice squad, I want to talk about CBD. The stuff that, that changes your life, helps you sleep, makes you look good, all the other stuff. I mean, look, look at the effects. It's beautiful. Uh, com. Head on over there. Uh, pick up anything you need if you've got any kind of uh, muscle aches, body pains, all that kind of stuff. They've got CBD creams, which are just killer for muscle aches or body pains. they got the, the, the CBD gummies. they got the oil, the whole nine ball, the whole ball of wax that'll uh, take care of you with your, your body pains and aches and, and insomnia. I don't know if you can hear the thunder. It's booming pretty hard out there. Um, all that stuff, rocking and rolling. And, um, you know, when we started this whole thing about talking about CBD, it was uh, my my geriatric mother-in-law <laughs> wanted to try it, and I didn't want her to get it um, hooked, you know, ripped off or anything. So I said, I'll try it, and I'll let you know, because I'm not super big into herbal, herbal stuff and all natural, you know, the whole holistic or whatever the heck they call it, homeopathic thing. So uh, I went and got it and I was, I was stunned uh, at the, the effect and the power of it. It's legal in all 50 states. Great, 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 great stuff. So um, if you want to try it out, if that's something you're looking for, head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Uh, they'll let, that'll just let them know that we sent you. They give us a little kickback and uh, there's some great sales going on almost all the time. They have some bigger and better ones. I don't know if the, the Labor Day sales is hanging on still, but uh, great stuff over there. Diamond CBD, those guys put out some really top quality quality stuff and they're partnering with us for the post game show we'll have giveaways every post game show for folks so uh hang on to your hats folks we are we'll have some good cbd stuff so they are big big friends and partners of the show uh please please patronize them for your cbd needs cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com okay practice squad let's get into that i think the first thing i want to talk about before i i kick my own ass is um we held on to Mr. Saipas, a punter on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel like a massive vote of confidence for no. Fox, does it? <laughs> Even though We've we seen... talked about he won the battle, they, they've been neck and neck the whole time. Jack Fox is sitting there, and he's got a guy that can come up anytime yeah. right, and take that spot. Is this a, a case where the Lions don't feel great about either of them? 
I mean, I honestly have heard such little news about either of them that it's real tough to have a strong opinion. I don't know that we'll have an opinion at all until we've seen him punt. So good luck, Fox. <laughs> I mean, I hope you're awesome and I hope you're awesome enough. And, and no, no disrespect to Cypus, Cypus, however it's pronounced. No disrespect to him whatsoever, but, uh, you know, in a perfect world, Fox, you know, clearly wins the job outright over the first couple weeks and we can open up a practice squad spot. Although actually in a perfect, perfect world, he Fox never has to punt. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The the real, the real hard spot here. The other hard spot here is that you're following on a, um, a Sam Martin. God, why am I brain so slow? You're following on Sam Martin and yep. any kind of mistake you make is going to be magnified. You know how it is. It was just, I mean, the, the kickers we had after. Yeah. Hansen, and even we've seen horrible, other teams in the last more. few years have to practice squad kickers too. And it always seems to be a sign of, uh, not good things going on. Right. And it never gets better. No matter who you bring uh, in, right? It It doesn't seem to get better. Yeah. So hopefully this is a case. I don't know why they're holding on to a a practice squad spot. Maybe it's just the luxury of so many spots this year. We don't know, but so it is Mr. Fox in the house to handle the punting duties. Um, Let's talk about the little bit of problem. Um, Detroit fan, man. sorry, he got me. You, you, you're that was funny. Next thing you're gonna tell me, you, we don't actually have to count to ten before we try to rush. <laughs> just a throwback. And a symptom of our bad rush last year. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is um, Huntley, our guy, my guy, the guy that I was so. I thought of him and said, you know what? It it was my throwaway pick in the draft. I think it was the last one. I don't have any Lions. I'm going to grab Huntley because we got Bo, we got Carrion, um, we got Ty and Swift. I I see Carrion getting hurt. (laughs) I see Bo getting hurt. That means Huntley has a chance to play, get some time, and within two or three years in my Dynasty League, he may be just a sweet little pickup there, right? And then I had a lion on the team. Made me feel good. Well, now I have an eagle on the team. He didn't even make the team. And I, there's a lot of people talking about this. And I'm going to hit myself with one of these. Like I said again. Um, there's a lot of people talking about this with Huntley. And uh, saying it was a thrown away fifth round pick. And I, w- I want to get your, your thoughts on this in the case. And I'm going to make the point as to why it's not first. Um, there's, I think, two things that were going on with this with this pick. Number, well, three things. Number one, he was probably... Best player available on on the the Lions board, um, maybe maybe not, but it was definitely also a position of need. It was it was something where you had injuries, you didn't have a lot of stability, you had a real problem at that position last year, and it feels like it made for a really really good hedge to pick up Huntley and have him there in the stable, and then you get him in there and you find out well he's not that great at pass pro. Um, he's definitely a player that needs to to grow, and I feel like we feel like we've got the right guys in here, and we're going to sign Adrian Peterson. I think maybe we're just going to go ahead and let him go. And people say, "What a wasted pick!" I get the idea behind keeping him, 
right? I get the absolute idea behind behind picking him and why to protect a an area of your team that just absolutely smoked donkey Odell cigars uh, <laughs> uh, last year um, and, and for a number of years previously. The fact, though, that Philadelphia picked him up says that it wasn't necessarily a bad pick, right? Because there's guys uh, fifth round and later that just got cut or made through waivers and nobody even looked twice at him, right? He didn't. There's there's other people are seeing something there. So it wasn't necessarily a pick of a bad player. It was just a he's he's a victim of circumstance, including Agnew just supposedly showing up like we talked about. I haven't seen it, but everything points to the fact that somehow Agnew has turned into Superman in that role. Um, he just didn't fill a role anymore. And I think that his lack of ability and pass protection really cost him his his spot on the team. What do you think? Is it a wasted fifth round pick or do you think it made sense in the scheme and the kind of longer term story of the team? Okay. First of all, I understand why fans fall in love with players that are drafted. It's easy to, you go, they get drafted, you go watch some highlights or you hear some analysis that's very positive about them and you fall in love with that player and you want to see them on your team. Um, the Lions have not had the luxury in the past of being able to cut a late round draft pick. We've had to keep all of them and almost all of them were terrible. Almost all of them on every team are terrible. Very few fifth through seventh round draft picks or undrafted free agents ever make anything of themselves in the NFL. Most of them are out of the league within a year or two. Yep. Like the vast majority. I, I don't remember the percentages, but it's very high. I am never going to cry about a fifth round pick not working out. That's just a philosophy. Um, what it does say to me is that for once, again, for a first time in, in a long time, the Lions had the luxury of not feeling like they absolutely had to keep him because they didn't have anyone better. And they felt like they had a better squad without him. That's I, I shouldn't say it like that. They felt that they had enough guys that were better than him at what they wanted to do that they didn't have to feel obligated to keep a late-round draft pick. That's a positive place to be, not a negative place to be. Okay, and, and, and I hope that Huntley does well. That, that would be great. Um, but if, if, if he's out of the league in a year or two or never really makes an impact, how many of you people who are very upset with Bob Quinn are going to remember that? Now, obviously, the, the opposite could happen, and he could be great, and he could end up you know, a big deal, and that, that would suck that we missed out on that. But at the same time, the chances of that happening are much less likely than the alternative. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's something to be said where you have enough talent to – kick a fifth round pick off the off the uh off the team that that's a great place to be if you're a football team now peterson. If, it, if it was Aaron, a, peterson if it was i would a, rather have peterson than huntley yeah if it was a complete turd ball pick and and you had turd ball players is a different story could we have spent it somewhere else maybe but i would think about where we were in the draft and where the team was at that point in time and say that's probably what happened just a, i think it's a victim of circumstance kind of situation yeah that's totally that. Um, the other side of it was Abushi. I thought Abushi. I thought he was going to make the team, and then he didn't. 
And I was just absolutely like, oh, my God, I got two of them I got to answer for now. What's going on? (laughs) I actually huge swings and misses. And no, my man is on the team. And uh, if I think about it from a perspective of depth, he's right behind Jonah Jackson. I'm I'm really happy with that. I like I like how Jackson's doing, uh, and the fact that he's got that guard position. Uh, I like that we got uh, Abouche as a backup because I think that's just just top quality. I mean, when you're looking at um, your your guard, you know, Dahl's got the the number one spot on the on the left side, but Stenbrook's right behind him, and then you got Jackson right guard as your starter. That's a pretty good draft as far as offensive linemen and being able to pull them in the the third and the fourth round to get up there and, and play. That's I feel good about that. So hopefully they stay healthy and uh, no injury. Anything else you want to break down on the pack, pack uh, practice squad, my friend? Well, we kept Bizwizzle around. Bench so Wizzle. that. <laughs> um, Kenny Wiggins is around. It's so weird to see some older vets uh, stay around yeah. this year because of the uh, because of the rules at the moment. Um, Jonathan Williams and and Kenny Wiggins being on the practice squad seems really bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just the way the rules are this year. So not a practice squad. He makes it. So we'll see. Yeah. Oh, uh, I should real quick. One guy that we didn't catch on the on the roster, and I know there were several we didn't catch when we were doing the depth chart. We will come back and talk about all these guys later on. I, you know, assuming they do anything of interest, we we will get all of them. We just don't have time. But I did want to say I, it is interesting that Hunter Bryant made it. We were all super high on him as a as a pass catching tight end uh, UDFA. It's rare for UDFA, like I just said, to make a name for himself. But there's good reason to hope anyway for Bryant mm-hmm. that he will have an impact on offense, even if he's not active early on in the season. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and there was just a mention. <laughs> I wonder what Penicini, Penicini thinks about all this Odell talk. <laughs> I just want to know, everyone, just so you know, if you're playing in our fantasy leagues, any of them, if you see Penicini, Penisaudi, that would be me. All right. Um, <laughs> really quick talk about fanatics. It's that time of year. You may not be going to the games. Not yet. Yet, at least. But you will be wanting to show off your your fandom and your stuff around town. How do you do that? The best way to do that is to go to fanatics by hitting Detroit Lions. No, by hitting fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Head on over there to get whatever gear you want, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, uh, hockey, you name it, uh, college gear, it's all there. It's a big year for college football. <laughs> uh, head on over to get your gear, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. They give us a kickback for everything you buy. So if you want to get your jerseys or whatever, that's the way to do it. Thank you, everyone who uses that and uh, goes to town over there. All right, let's talk about home field advantage and COVID. Um, this is really interesting. Oh, yeah, and YouTube folks, feel free to hit that super chat. We got you going on. We got something, a little special background action when you, when you use that. Um, all right, let's see. Home field advantage during COVID. This is a real interesting concept case. Number one, the whole 70 decibel crowd noise. That just seems pretty low and and almost like imperceptible. Um, Although I think they probably don't want a guy working the fader, number one, while while it's going on. uh, Because that always is cheesy as heck. And then also, 
right? You just, I think they just want to kind of have a little bit of an atmosphere versus, you know, whatever right, they can right. without creating opportunities for Belichick to find a way to circumvent the rules spirit by following the law. And I get that. That's fine. But let me ask you, okay, let's, and I'm just going to make up a situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, I don't even have to. We play um, the Packers game two of the season. Okay. And we have to do, and we're at the Packers. So this maybe would work in, in their advantage. And they have no crowds because it's the COVID restrictions. What happens though, if we wind up playing them in December and, and crowds are allowed back and you're allowed to have crowd noise and that whole situation. Um, now we're playing at home. We've got the crowd noise that really makes it difficult for those split games, the home and aways against your division opponents mm-hmm. and kind of, leans on the ability of that home field advantage. I, wanna, I know that wasn't necessarily where you wanted to go with this, but this is one of the things I was thinking about as far yeah. as home field advantage may work in the COVID era. Well, I I would be a little bit surprised at this point if you're still seeing the full stadiums that you know you used to see or that we hopefully will see again in the future. Um, even if restrictions are lessened, Man, I I have a hard time believing that this year we'll see full stadiums. But if that happens, then yeah, that that does create a a bit of a situation. The way I was looking at it was more that um, this eliminates a lot of home field advantage. um, And it'll be interesting to see how much home field advantage plays a part in this season compared to to a usual season and see like it because uh the typical it, we'll, we'll get into the lion's spread um it, against the bears in like i, I think that's like the what the next segment yeah. but um it's not huge but it i don't know whether or not it's even accounting for what would normally be considered home field advantage because we're not getting the same home field advantage that we would normally get because a huge part of the home field advantage is the crowd noise. Mm-hmm. We've seen it affect teams. We've the seen 12th man, they have slags for it in Seattle, right? It's- things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think this evens the playing field in a lot of ways. The remaining home field advantage, I think, is primarily related to weather and teams that play outside. The teams that play outside may have a, a slightly larger home field advantage compared to other years. That late in the season, uh, the Packers, the like, I'm trying to think, and the Dolphins would early in the year, maybe that kind of thing, where where it's the the hot weather, or Denver, where they have the altitude stuff, like they might have a slightly higher home field advantage compared to other teams, compared to dome teams specifically, because I don't think dome teams really have much at all to speak of as far as home field advantage. There's no crowd influence on the players. There's no crowd influence on the referees. It's that's all neutralized. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. The influence on the referees that will, will, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see them really pull, pull it out and stuff it in on the lions fans. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see what that means. It's interesting. The the, the home field advantage in the, in the age of COVID, it could uh, could really alter things. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays, and um, we'll see. I'm still. I'm I still... think overall it it neutralizes some degree of home field advantage overall. Mm-hmm. I agree. Whether or not that actually 
turns out to be true, we'll have to we'll have to review after after we've seen it. And if that changes down, the so. balance later in the season because they start opening up, maybe you have half full stadiums. If you have you know a third full, there's still a lot. You can generate more than seventy decibels with that many people in Ford yeah. Field, right? And uh, it'll be interesting to see to see how that goes. Plus the other the talk and everything else that goes back and forth. They may have just gotten so comfortable with no fan interaction and, and derision that things could really pull them out of their game. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Not that I advocate such a, such a, such a thing. All right. Let's really quick hit the Jersey numbers thing. Uh, we've got some numbers for folks. If you didn't do the fanatics thing early and get your Okuda Jersey as number one, you are going to miss out. It's going to wind up being a limited edition. I think his number is going to change again next year as they shuffle, but we'll see. All right, so the first one, let's talk about ADP. <laughs> I like that. I like the ADP. I really do. Um, Adrian Peterson is coming in at what number, Case? What what number do you think he's going to grab? I don't remember. I don't. It's Chris the same told one me he's not to, Chris told me. Chris told me not to say this, but I don't care about jersey numbers. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> you said to talk about it. It's your topic. <laughs> I just said we should bring it up because I know other people care about it. I don't. <laughs> oh, for God's sakes. No, it's not 69 in the chat. You just stop that right now. That would be a, a crappy number someone like Odell would have. No, this is 28. Adrian Peterson is always 28, right? That's his, his thing. I will, I will say the one thing I love about this is there was the whole joke about uh, Brett Favre with uh, Brett Favre forever a, a Viking, right? Just to, to just grind the gears of those uh, those uh, Packers fans. I, I feel like Adrian P- Peterson, uh, Purple Jesus, Forever a Lion, feels good. <laughs> All right, so just 30 for Jeff Okuda. We'll see how long that sticks around, how many years he's at 30. I'd still say go for that number one jersey if you can. DeAndre Swift at 32. D Virgin on the practice squad at 36. 41 for Jonathan Williams. Jaron Curse. 42. He was pretty happy about that, too. Uh, Jalen Elliott, 56. Steve Wirtel, 54. Jonathan Wynn, 69. And 99, Julian O'Quara. All right, let's take, let's do that. Um, ooh, yeah, quick one in the chat. Let me just hit it real quick. Yeah, we'll take calls. 248-782-8384. Give us a ring. 248-782-8384. We'll take your phone calls and uh, interact with you in the way that we always like to do. All right. Um, next topic. Amazon, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Anytime you get anything from Amazon, do that. They give us a kickback. Amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. I'll just say that one more time. We won't do a long kind of commercial or anything. Just just help us out and do it. Amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Anything you buy from Amazon, use that address. It'll take you straight there. No funny stuff. They give us a kickback. You get what you want. Instead of costing more, same price. Takes money out of Bezos' pocket. Boom. Done. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Help support us by buying stuff that you buy anyway, because it's America. Buy junk. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Season predictions. Case, I would get into the, your season prediction. Riz and I did ours last year, but we have a call coming last in week. right now. It was last week we did. Riz and you I said did last it. year. Oh, I meant last week. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. God, you are critical today. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's take a phone call. Phone Phone Oh, my God. <laughs> Caller, what's your name? How you doing? How drunk am I? <laughs> hey, this is Chris R. Hey, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Got quite a bit of stuff done for the site last night, as you know. Yeah, so yeah. Looking forward to dropping some more of that stuff. We've been doing uh, quite a bit this week, so it's been really nice to kind of get back into the swing of things a little bit. Yeah. 
We should really talk about that. We got a great quarterbacks article, running backs, and just today dropped a wide receivers article for, about the Lions, a little bit more in-depth than uh, – what we talked about here uh, goes into a couple further further players. Great write-ups by Chris here, and uh, it's all complimentary to the the big bunch of shows we got this week for you guys. So we're trying to get some some good content out to get us ready for some football because it's finally freaking here, and COVID ain't gonna stop it. That's great. All right, what do you got, Chris? So yeah, and we have the defense one coming up soon too. I think. Yep. Uh, and I'm planning on doing one after you guys do the game preview with Chris. So, nice. uh, for the Bears game week one. So, yeah, we got that stuff coming along, but I just wanted to kind of talk about those four spots a little bit. And we talked a lot about Jesse James over the last couple of shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about CJ Hawkinson, too, because it feels like he's kind of going under the under uh, regular a little bit this year. And I feel like people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit. I know he was the number eight overall pick last year. Uh, so, expectations are still pretty high, but I mean, there's a lot of people who are talking about him. He's like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of growth there. And we saw last year, one thing that I was, I was noticing is a lot of guys were taking steps forward with the new coaches. Uh, like Stafford worked a lot better with Sean Ryan last year. Uh, we saw Kyle Kasky work with guys like Kerry on and Bo and Ty Johnson work on their development. Uh, and things like that. So I wonder if the coaching change at tight end will help TJ Hawkinson a little bit uh, with his development, plus, of course, being healthy and stuff like that. And it's just the actual second-year growth factor, too, because uh, he was not himself last year, whether it be the injury, whether it be the rookie thing. Like, he is not a guy who's bottom 10 in catch rate someone's self pass catches. Like, that's not Why? who he was at Iowa. That's not who he looked like on tape. So yeah. I, I really don't think that he's going to have anywhere close to as bad of years he had last year. I don't. I've heard nothing but a, a awesome, amazing things about him all off season. Uh, either in terms of his development, in terms of his health, and and in terms of his play during practice. So I definitely think that it's reasonable to buy in some hype on Hawkinson uh, stepping up. And and taking that very typical first to second year jump for tight end, especially one of that caliber. And like we, I mean, Tracy Walker is probably one of my favorite players on the team. My very first article I wrote for DLP was actually on Tracy Walker, and he was absolutely destroying Tracy Walker in those early practices to the point we literally benched him. We moved him to second team. He was like our best defensive player in the last two years. Uh, so, yeah, I'm all in on the hockey team hybrid. I'm definitely uh, really looking forward to seeing what he can do, even more so than Kanye and Marv and everything like that. I I think, you know, you're, you're, there's two places for Hawkinson this year, right? Um, and I'm, I'm thinking to the coverage of camp, and it's been – Nothing, nothing, not too high, not too low, right? On Hawkinson, uh, some mention of his his ankle still given, you know, bothering him. We saw his body and how it had changed as a result of NFL strength and um, conditioning over the over the off season. And holy crap, he got huge. He just he put on like 107 pounds straight muscle. Um, that, that I made up that number, folks. Don't take that and have an argument with your <laughs> uncle about that because he'll you'll be wrong. But he put on a ton uh, of straight muscle. Um, 
this is one of those things where it's a real fork. Either he's going to get absolutely killed or he's going to be absolutely a superstar this year. I don't think there's a middle road for him. A lot like Ebron had ahead of him. If Ebron could have performed, I think people would have celebrated the hell out of him. But the problem is, is he didn't. Right. And and he and, and we need to see Hawkinson perform this year. He has all the tools. He has all the skills. Uh, he's got way better hands than Ebron ever did. So I, I my anticipation is that he's going to really show up. That ankle shows up again, though, and people are going to get real mad real quick at, uh, at his production. I want to go into something really quick, Chris, before before we, we, we pop off, because um, we were talking oh, okay. about it. In the, uh, I just have one. Well, I want to. We want to talk about. We were talking about this in the Slack, and I want to. I want to hit on this really quick. Um, the idea of Belichick's um, kind of rules for players, right? And I want you to reiterate the ones for tight end because I think this is really, really important for what we're looking at when we think about T.J. Hawkinson and what he means to the team, and kind of where maybe Patricia picks something up here. So, if you if you don't mind, just pop into that really quick. Okay, yeah, so I was looking at, it's actually, uh, for those of you guys who are familiar in the scouting community, uh, one of the notable NFL Network analysts, his name is Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, He has a YouTube channel, and the first two videos he posted were basically rigging notes from uh, Bill Belichick's 1991, uh, like, straight so they look for scouting notes, Mm -hmm. player comparisons, things like that. Uh, it's only about 15 minutes or so between the two parts. There's one part for offense, one part for defense. Uh, and, yeah, it was really interesting to kind of watch and, and go through some of those things. But uh, the one thing that they, they noted got tied in, now, again, this is like over 20 years old now, so some of the stuff may have changed a little bit as time has evolved and so on. Uh, but when you talk about uh, how blocking should never be a reason for you to not like a elite caliber receiver. And the most important things that they looked for in a tight end when Belichick was in Cleveland was the ability to run after the catch, add yards after the catch, obviously catching football is important and a piece of that, but really adding uh, to the offense after the catch point and extending those plays uh, down the field. So it's all about the athleticism, the athletic ability, the ability to extend plays, uh, and uh, never to really let blocking specifically. You can have a second blocker on the field with your, with your tight end, too. If you need an additional blocker on the field, then yeah, obviously have the capability for a fullback. Uh, and you need to be competent at blocking. Like You can't just be a liability falling on your feet every play, but as long as he stays engaged, he does his job, he takes out his defender, stays on his feet, that's enough of a blocking uh, asset to where it's worth having them on the field and utilizing their receiving ability specifically to stretch the field. Yeah. The, uh, attack the middle of the field of the defense. Then the net net on that is don't don't worry about the blocking. You're you're okay with your number one tight end not blocking well. Your number two tight end has to. Right. But your number one tight end doesn't need to block. Well, if they can pass the, their number one job is to catch the ball. And uh, I think in the Belichick world with like with Gronk, he had the best of all worlds because he had a guy that could do some decent blocking and also 
you know, could could catch the ball and move on the field and, and was excelled in that area. I think that's where we are with TJ Hawkinson. I wouldn't get down on his blocking because I don't think blocking is as high on the requirements list for a tight end for uh, Matt Patricia or Bob Quinn as some people might think it is. Number two tight end needs to block, and that's where we're looking at Jesse James uh, this year. Yep. That, that's one of the things that he really needs to step up to be able to do to make all this work. Daryl Bevel may blow that whole concept up, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. And hey, the other man, thing, too, I want to add on really quick. real quick first is that I really think the addition of DeAndre Swift is going to be huge, just absolutely huge for his development. Because a lot of the concepts that these teams are running are relying on the RB creating for the tight end and vice versa. We see that with New England. With like all their pass catching backs, Rex Burkhead, James White, and so on, working off of Gronk, I really think that's going to be huge. Having DeAndre Swift as a pass catching threat, uh, really helping Gronk out and create that uh, open space in the middle of the field. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. All right, Chris. I'm going to let you go. We got a, a couple other coming. I want to grab one real quick here. Okay, um, if you don't mind. All right. Thanks, okay. brother. Thanks for calling, man. All right. New caller. Hey, caller, what's your name? How much? Um, oh, I, don't, I, I haven't watched those arc enough. What are they selling down there? Is it methamphetamine? This is Bill playing the box, baby. We got everything. <laughs> How you doing, Brandon? Good to have you on again, man. All right. All right. Am I too late? Never too late. Enough? Never. Uh, a wizard is always right on time. Oh, man. And as long as I ain't Dorothy. Or the cowardly lion, anyway. We'll make you Dorothy if you don't have a topic to talk about. Well, oh, hey, I'll I just do. be the flying I monkeys. Do. It's fine. Hey, hey, listen, listen. Uh, I put this scenario out. I, I don't, Chris. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter or not, but uh, you know, Detroit uh, closes up with Minnesota and Detroit. Yeah. Yep. So here's the here's your scenario, and I believe this is going to draw a Saturday game. If, if anything, it's a, it's a locked-up battle trying to get a playoff spot, maybe a divisional uh, 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 title. Minnesota's in the town, and you know that Adrian Peterson doesn't have that many yards to beat Barry, to, to pass Barry up. Mm. So here you go. Minnesota is playing in Detroit. Barry is on the sidelines. AP may have only 50, 60 yards to pass him, and he's going to do it against his old team, and Detroit goes on for the division win. You think that happens? <laughs> I love that story. I love If that happens, I, I will, I don't know, I will find something in the prize closet to send you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and get this, by then, maybe the, the stadium is allowed with a full, full fan. Full, full attendance of fans. Mm. That place will absolutely go berserk, man. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny. I'll, I'll tell you something that's really crazy. If you told everybody on February 1st that the world would be shut down in, a, in less than a month and a half and nobody was going anywhere, everyone would have laughed at you and said, that's insane. You can't do it. Right. Yeah. But you're at a point right now where it's September and you're, you're talking about, hey, yeah, we're going to have a full Ford field by January 3rd. No one believes there's any way you can do it. <laughs> It's a, it's right, a, you know what right. I mean? Nobody knows how to open this place back up or whether we can or not. So we'll see. I would love a full Ford field against the Vikings for that whole story. That would really, really be just, it would be great on a whole number of levels. 
whole number of levels. That would be great. Oh my goodness! No, yeah, I, that, I wanted... that, that would be something else. Really, uh, really quick. That, that, that was pretty much all I brought up, except for the, the you know when I emailed you. Uh, now I don't. I know you guys live in Tampa and in Minnesota, so you didn't see the Fox Two Detroit. Uh, they they uh, they put the Billy Sims uh, uh, rookie game against the Rams on Sunday, and there was some of course some, you know a few guys were tweeting about it. Yeah. And I asked them, I said, did they play Monty Clark's interview at the beginning of the season, you know, before the game? And they said, yes. And uh, one guy that I was talking to, I said, do you see any similarities of 40 years later with the Lions today? And he said, oh, man, this, this is unbelievable. Monty Clark, when he's being interviewed, he said he thought that team was better than just 2-14. and 14. And he said, with the with the addition of Billy Sims and our defense coming together, and we had a host of injuries all last year before, including our quarterback. Well, now we aren't getting Billy Sims, but maybe our running game might finally produce and could produce up to two thousand yards, just like uh, Sims and Pussy did back. And and don't sleep on Swift. Just just I mean, we don't have a number twenty, do we? But don't sleep on Swift. Just just no, you know what, what I mean. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think between the three backs, uh, Johnson, Swift, and possibly Peterson, you know, all taking different turns. Maybe uh, one guy's out because he's got a hamstring, or you know, and then the other guy, you know, just steps in in for him. And then uh, you add in Ty Johnson for for his uh, uh, different things that he can do. Um, if if they can get the amount of yardage that they did back then, plus uh, of course their passing game. And I also think this, if Hunter can actually pass catch like they think he can, I'm looking for him and Hawkinson to be the uh, Pettigrew and Scheffler that Stafford had back in 2011. Uh, people forget about how good those two, those two tight ends were. when They made, when they made a lot of plays. They made a lot of plays, for sure. Yeah, Pettigrew yeah, was did. great before his injury. Absolutely. I mean, uh, before the injury, he he just looked like he was the guy that we thought he was. And then after that, it he, turned out. He was on. an end zone threat. Yeah. Remember, oh, yeah. he was the guy that caught the he was the guy that caught the ball that Stafford threw with a dislocated left shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was it wasn't Calvin. And and I tell you what, Pettigrew was always the first down guy. And they couldn't cover him, man. Yep, yep. So, but uh, that that's my thoughts on that. And and so you know, go ahead. I, I'm all for the Kool Aid. And I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and go with the the, the, the prediction that I always do. And I think it can be more reasonable than could happen. It's twelve and four and five and one in the division. Wow. Okay. Now, you you might be drinking the the old Kool Aid that had cocaine in it. <laughs> now, now, now. Let's not go that far. No, no. I know uh, you got a government job. You wouldn't I, do that. You guys, hey, you guys, uh, still remember Blue Moon Ice Cream up there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there you go. All I'm right. having a Blue Moon shake. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a resident okay, historian. Guys. Thanks, Brandon. Take care. Love you, man. What a great he, he is a great storyteller. He really is. And and when you want he's a he is a mountain of of history of the Lions. So that's good stuff. All right. We'll go from his twelve and four. I don't know if you can top that case. What does your season prediction look like for this team? <laughs> I know it's shocking. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god, I don't have the fence one fucking, lined up. Excuse me. <laughs> eight and eight is where I have us. But oh, as always, it just depends so much, so much on uh health of us and health of our division rivals. It is so easy to see how both I, I'm not overly concerned about the Bears. Um we're gonna talk about them soon. Um their ceiling is as a eight win team. Um but if the Vikings and Packers were both to stay healthy, they could both be very good teams this year. They could both win a ten to eleven plus games. I I think you'll see regression from the Packers statistically just because there's every every indication that everything that happened to them last year is the kind of thing that results in in a downturn in record doesn't mean they'll be a worse team just means they won't it's it's tough to win that many games two years in a row mm-hmm. by that narrow of a margin um ted's got nine and seven in the chat that's that's where i'm at but it's easy to see how either or both of those teams could lose a couple players and be in real bad shape on either side of the ball. Imagine Zadarius Smith goes out. The Packers all of a sudden have no pass rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, that Put Jordan Love in defense. there. Um, it, the same thing with Daniil Hunter. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying the Lions aren't in the same position because there are, there are some positions we can afford to work depth a little bit, running back being one of them. Uh, obviously, they, they purposely built for that. Um, there are some positions for us where I'm terrified, you know, if we lose, uh, if we lose Shelton, mm-hmm. God, we're going to, we're going to be struggling to, to, uh, hold down the middle of the defensive line. But, uh, that's that being true of all three teams, it's easy to see how any three of those teams to me could come out the victor if they're the healthiest. Yep. My guy Aaron's got him going ten and six, but really with this team, you can go anywhere from five and eleven to twelve and four. Yeah. Uh, work your dollars I mean, at seven wins, and that's not. I and the, and the coaches stay there. There's no reason to, to be sorry. Dollar. I mean, you, you're you're right in there. You're you're right in there for for possibility and plausibility. Let me ask you, Case, if you were doing the Vegas thing, we did this uh, last week, uh, Riz and I. What's your number? Where you wouldn't touch an over and under on wins, yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, obviously, it depends on the size of the bet. But say it's a sizable amount for me. Say it's like a, a, a something that I would feel impacted by mm-hmm. if I lost. Yep. Um, I wouldn't. Oh, I certainly wouldn't go over ten wins. Mm. So let me. I probably wouldn't crazy. go over nine point five. Oof. That no okay, so Riz's number was seven and a half. That where he was like, I, I wouldn't bet on that at all. I couldn't pick one or the other, right? I went eight and a half because I, I I figured we're gonna get eight wins out of this team. I feel like I I, I that risk level is okay. Well, I mean, but okay, beyond okay. that, but I'm a risk I'm a risk taker when I bet. So yeah. like, did the, the fair enough? If I was uh, Jesus, it really just would depend on how much I was betting. <laughs> like, put my life savings on it. I'm not going over, you know, I'm not going over seven and a half either. So <laughs> <laughs> I want to mess his name up on purpose. Crappy Chanel. Uh, he's uh, at six and ten. 
Um, yeah, ten has me pounding the Kool Aid for sure. I mean, I'm to the to the point of diabetes. Really, <laughs> if we get ten wins out of this team this year, ten wins will absolutely crush the division. If 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 a team gets ten wins in the NFC North, that's the that's, way it looks right now. Yeah. It looks like the NFC North is probably a ten win division. Uh, yeah. All right, let's talk really, really quick. All kinds of great shirts and merchandise available. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Hit the merch link up in the, the main menu or the hamburger button if you're on your phone. Got some really great stuff. We've got some FTP shirts out there. We've got some really cool Lions shirts with the uh, Triangle Diamond. Pretty cool logo. Some other really good stuff in there as well. Uh, mugs, hats. The hats are really cool. Polo shirts. Um, all kinds of stuff. Check it out. Uh, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. And then click on the merch thing. Anything you get is uh, straight to help the show. And it's it's high quality stuff. None of it's garbage. I actually paid for samples for everything before we uh, we put it in the store to make sure that it was uh, long lasting, high quality crap. Because there's nothing worse than feeling ripped off. So there you go. Uh, DetroitLionsPodcast dot com, and you can hit hit the merch thing. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, we wanted to talk about a quick preview of the Bears lines. Now, remember Friday, we're going to have Riz and Tony Ortiz from 97.1. We're going to go um, on deep on this preview of the Bears game, but we got Case now. So we want to get Case's thoughts on what to look for, what to expect out of the, uh, the, the town Bears. The Bears. Yeah, um, well, it's obviously, it's official now. We're going to be facing Trubisky, and I know that that... Uh, that shouldn't scare Lions fans, but does because he's beaten us three times. Mm. Um, but I, I think that is a superstitious way to look at it. And I'm never going to do that. And I understand why other people do, but I'm not that guy. I'm not the superstitious guy. Mm. Okay. I would rather face Mitch Trubisky especially considering we have faced him and know him now, just because he's won three against us doesn't mean that's a trend that's going to continue. Right. We do struggle, have struggled in the past against mobile quarterbacks. My concern then would be that that's what they're going to lean on in that game is trying to get him out of the pocket. But it would always also depend on how heavily they lean into that and how much our defensive scheme has changed and evolved. And we don't know the answers to that. I think we have a real good chance. I I, I think the 1.5 and uh, is this where I should mention Jeff, Jeff had an article out uh, talking about how on, on lion's wire. So go check it out. Um, we are favored by 1.5 points. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned before, I don't know if that's even accounting for the normal home field advantage or not, since that is no longer a factor. So I don't know how Vegas is taking home field advantage into account this year, because usually home field advantage is based on more or less a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're favored 1.5 at home against them. And I think that's, I think that's very fair. I think the Bears are going to have some real shit games this year, more than we are. That's not to say we won't also have some, but uh I'll tell you when when I think about this game, this this is a crucial, crucial, crucial game. Uh the the game 
with um with, where <laughs> this was a Bears game where you came back with I'm toast in the in the post game right you just literally were passed out cold um that was a game that we were absolutely supposed to win we are absolutely supposed to win this I know week one is crazy and goofy and fool's gold and all those kinds of things but this is a game oh, yeah, that the Detroit no, Lions anything can happen week one anybody who absolutely yeah have yeah. to win and if they don't I would I would say immediately you start looking at your coach and your GM's uh, jobs and start thinking about it. That's how important this game one is. And it's terrible that it is this way, but this is just the way it falls in this division this year with the quality of the Bears uh, and the situation we're in. If we lose this game, I have a feeling that Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw a joker in there. Uh, we'll get what they deserve. They will be on the hot seat immediately. This is a game that they have to win. This is a must-win game. And and if they win this game, week two at the Packers, I don't think is much a big deal. I don't. I really don't think it's as big of a deal for the coaches and, and the GM. But this game at home opener is as much as week one is stupid. They have to win this because if they come out and win this a lot of other things can happen in the season but you lose to a crappy team to start off the season the flames are just going to light up everywhere around ford field allen park the whole thing and 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 i think uh sheila ford hamp is not going to be willing to take a, a long ride on that train i agree with you from a fan like the fan base feels that way perspective but i never i never put that much stock in week one yeah, I've there's just too much the history here with these folks. On week one of any week I've ever seen. So I if there's if always the lose, the asterisks there if something stupid, if if it's a massive breakdown on the refs, if you know a, a comet falls from the sky through the, through the roof of Ford Field, right? There's 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 things that can happen that can be extenuating circumstances. But I think on the whole, and when you think of the eighty twenty world, that is the case for these for these guys. I think it's important for the players too. I think if they don't come out of that one with a win, everything they've worked for and all the momentum they momentum they built up at this point is at risk. This is this first game. I think this is where everyone buys into the new new coach Patricia. This draft that we had, the whole thing, it all happens right here. And I feel like they lose a whole lot of credibility if they lose this game against that Bears team at home. Maybe, maybe, but I think that you can survive uh, survive a week or two and if they were to come back and, and this got brought up in the chat, would you rather would you rather lose to the Packers or the Bears? If they lost to the Bears in week 1 and managed to come back and beat Green Bay in Green Bay, I we'd all be feeling on top of the world come week 3. I, mean, I don't know about on top of the world. I think there, there there would be a great number of detractors out there and that's one of the problems is that inconsistency of the team. We need to see that consistency. You have to beat the Bears. If you they, I, look at week two at the Packers, I think is is. I look, mean, I it's a win much it. more. Don't get if we right. win that game, that's a much more valuable win. Much more impressive victory. But that loss is trash. If you lose at home against the Bears in the week opener, I'm just telling you that is a kick square between the begonias. It's week one. I don't understand. I, okay. Okay. That's my personal feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't think week one is that important. We can fight when we when There's we a long fucking season ahead of us, hopefully. No, <laughs> no, no. We, we, we can fight next time we, we see each yeah. other about this one because I think it's worth it. All right. Um, with that being said, I know there's we, – we talk – you want to talk a little bit about the Bears uh, as we kind of get into the preview. Let's just go ahead and do this whole thing where we take it. Around the 
just great. Okay, take us around the division case, <laughs> and you can start with the Bears, like we love to do. Yeah, no, like I said, Mitch Trubisky starting. I think that's good news for us. I know that not everybody agrees with that. That's okay. Um, I am concerned about their pass rush. There is absolutely reason to be concerned about their pass rush. That might be the only thing I'm super concerned about. Yeah. Which is why I'm I like us to win the game. It's not they still unless and and listening to rumors out of Bears camp this offseason has been interesting because you go back and forth on people saying Trubisky still sucks, Trubisky's done so much work, Trubisky still sucks, Nick Foles is not taking command whatever it is it it's been a mix of mostly negative with those like but Trubisky's such a hard worker <laughs> um so it's hard to see that offense with that bad offensive line and that bad run game overall i'm not saying their running backs are bad but their offensive line is so bad that it does not help them produce a run game we should be familiar with that as a team that has had terrible run blocking for many years in the past decade. It's tough to see them being able to put up points unless we, unless, like I said, we let Mitch Trubisky off the hook. If we let Mitch Trubisky off the hook and let him run on us, then that's one thing. But getting burned by that as many times as we have, it's hard not to imagine that they haven't, especially it being the first game of the year and the first game that they put in major film time on, it's hard not to see them taking a little bit better control of that situation than they have the last few times they faced him. I'd like to take a Also take. worth oh, mentioning, I think they lost the last two games against him without Stafford. So yeah. I'd like to do a Karnak uh, visionary future hot take from this game. And it's going to be, we got no pass rush. Oh, we we can't rush. We 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 can't rush. We can't rush because I don't think we're going to try to put a whole boatload of pressure on Trubisky. I think we're going to do more containment on him than we are trying to get at and and, and crush him in the middle because he's so mobile. So please, folks, Jesus Christ, you can't throw the ball and our secondary is good enough. If you can get him to run left, (laughs) forget it. Um, So, folks, please don't no matter what happens after this. Please don't jump on the no pass rush bandwagon after this game against the Bears. I think there's a little bit of method to the madness on that. We may not have a pass rush, but I don't think using the Bears game is the way you're going to find that out. There will be people that have a freak out about that, though. That's my my future view of what we'll see after Sunday. Go ahead. Win or lose. Go ahead. I I, I do think we win. I think the 1.5 spread is... More or less accurate. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close game, but I would I would take us in a like a twenty four twenty one type victory. I'll give it a close game because it is the first game of the season, but I think the difference between the two teams is significant enough that it shouldn't be a close game. But it is the first game of the season, so that happens and it's COVID era, no preseason and all that kind of stuff. So I'm down with that, but definitely not a loss. Definitely not a loss. I would expect with the talent levels of the two teams to see. We like shouldn't a have a terrible game. time covering right. their wide receivers, their tight mm-hmm. ends, their, mm-hmm. you know, so That's their right. pass game won't be effective unless we allow them to establish the run game first. Yep. Yep. 
All right, so moving on, who'd you like to go to next? You want to go to uh, the FTPs? Well, uh, let's just do both of them first because uh, both of them at the same time since they're sure. playing against each other, okay. right? Yep. That's the that's the schedule here. Yep, yep. Okay. Who do you want to win that one? Mm, that's a good question. I'd love to tie to come out of that for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yes, in a perfect world. Ah, I've gone back and forth all off season on which team I think is the better team. And in theory, I would like the better team to lose. But damn, that is a tough question. Okay, I think I would rather see the Vikings win because I have come down significantly in how I felt about them a month ago recently. Uh, just due to some some in- interesting opinions I've heard from the outside. I want to throw a shout out to... Uh, the bottom line view on YouTube. Everybody who's listening, go over to the bottom line view right now. He has an NFC North um, breakdown. It's an hour long. It's great. I like the guy a lot. Um, let's try to. We'll hopefully we should tag him on Twitter after this. Um, maybe we can talk to him at some point in the near future. Uh, I've been very impressed with what he's been doing this offseason. He's also um, he's a Patriots fan and now a de facto Lions fan, it seems like. So there might be a little bit of bias towards us in there, but that's okay. I'm enjoying watching it anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I liked what he had to say about the Vikings and some of the stuff that he thought was uh, you know, a, a reason for regression from them more so than I had seen previously. I think I'd rather see the Vikings win it. Um, yeah. Bottom line view, not bottom line review, I think. Hmm, okay. I'm seeing that in the chat. But anyway, um yeah, no, I so I like I'm so interested to see how quickly and and whether or not the Vikings defense is maintains exactly the level they were at prior to uh, the end of the, you know, at the end of last year, mm-hmm. both of those teams made the playoffs. They both looked very impressive at times, even in the playoffs. But they're they've both lost players of significance. And now Minnesota obviously went out and signed in Goku. Uh, that looks like a must-win type move. That looks like a move that's a they're feeling the heat, they're feeling the pressure, and if they feel if they don't get it done this year, they're in trouble which they are from a cap perspective. They have barely any cap money going into next year. And obviously we know there's a lot of things you can do about that. You can cut players uh, and make space by renegotiating contracts and things like that. But we also know as Lions fans that the further you kick the can down the road, the bigger the fall off is going to be eventually. And that's the situation the Vikings are about to face. So if they fail this year, to make it deep in the playoffs, make it to the Super Bowl, they're in a world of hurt. Let me ask you and what the question I asked Risden. How much of a hot seat do you think Zimmer and Spielman are in right now? It's weird. You wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't, uh, just at its face, I didn't think that, but the way they're running this cap into a wall feels like they feel like they have to do it or die right now. Yeah. And um, I, I, oof, boy, Zimmer, I thought, I mean, I know he's well liked, but. They they just haven't had the success that I feel like the team with their quality should have had. I still think that because they have a good chance at going, you know, eight, nine wins this year, I don't think Zimmer would be fired. 
if they didn't and and then it would depend a lot on next year mm-hmm. and and but i mean short of going 5 and 11 i don't i still don't think he would be fired next year i think that they would give him another chance to rebuild because i do think they like him i speaking to vikings fans as often as i do there's a general sense of trust long term in him even if they aren't always even if they haven't always obviously been thrilled with the results of the seasons mm-hmm. he's got that the Marvin Lewis Cincinnati thing kind of going for him where I think they're, they, they want to, they don't want to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. They're more willing to stick it around, which I realize there's a foreign concept to lions fans, but, um, <laughs> neither one's um, won a, won a super bowl. So we don't know which one is the right way to go yet. So we'll see. <laughs> um, and then, and then I, I, I honestly think Zimmer is probably a better head coach than LaFleur. So uh, I, I think that is I think that is a big concern for the Packers, and I still think that everything the Packers did this off season was a little bit folly in terms of producing. Now, um, maybe Lafleur thinks that he can outlast Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I don't, I'm, that's and I, I realize that's probably just pure speculation on my point, and that he doesn't actually want it to be a bad year for Rodgers to go and him to you know continue on. He in in they'd probably love to win the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, but I just, there are so many small problems around that team that I think they build up in a big way. It's, it's basically because I think I, I feel like, um, you're, you're absolutely right with your Zimmer is better than the floor. I think the floor is going to get exposed with Gute Kunst, sorry, I did a little German there, uh, as the general manager, because after, after seeing what he did in the draft, it's like, LaFleur is not going to have maybe the talent that, 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 that makes him look good like he used to. And you could very soon see a dumpster fire as Aaron Rodgers kind of wades off into the sunset here. And they're stuck with Jordan Love and a coach who isn't that great, in my personal opinion. Um, you could see some serious turnover um in in green bay here in a year or two um and i feel like zimmer i feel like the same way I, the way they're acting tells me they feel the hot seat in minnesota fans love them but they've just it's been like four appearances but only two wins in the playoffs they just can't freaking seal the deal it's like this this kind of blue balled situation for them i i think that if i'm management at some point you know i say the words and they're they're they're, they're horrible words to hear anymore but nine seven isn't good enough you know what i mean and then you yeah. got to say we're better than this and pull and then the cap destruction everything that just crumbles around them it's it's a couple of years and it feels like the packers and the vikings are going to have this situation kind of happen at the exact same time uh, I would hate to be, to be a hundred percent honest, I would hate to be in the search for a new coach and GM at the same time they are mm-hmm. because there's, there's, there's only going to be one winner in that year. And, and, and you could, you could, you could say the, 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 the bears are kind of in the same boat. I mean, you could have the whole NFC North looking for coaches and GMs at the same time. And I don't know if that's any good. I mean, I hope it's not us. I hope it's the rest of them. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so to to answer your question, I think I would rather see Minnesota win that game, but boy, it goes it goes back and forth. On uh, it could either way, I could find a positive and a negative for it. So okay, okay, we can go with that. All right, so that's around the division. I think that's got us pretty well caught up. Big show over an hour and a half today. 
Uh, more on Friday. Don't forget, 4.15 Eastern p.m. Get your uh, get your bells on. We'll have Tony Ortiz from 97.1. We'll have Jeff the Riz Risden and me. Uh, Sunday, we've got the post-game show immediately following the Lions game. It'll be possibly Case and Sandman, of course, will be here. And uh, we'll have a breakdown of what happened in that very, 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 very first game. Uh, in the meantime, hey, help us out with those affiliate links and all that stuff. And uh, tune in. Tell your friends. That's the actually the biggest compliment you can provide is to tell your friends about the show and get them listening and watching, too. And we appreciate all you folks who have done that. Lastly, um, Theo, I got your email. I'm going to ping you in a little bit because everything's looking okay to me. So I'd love to hear what, you, what you're seeing. All right, I'll ping you back on the email. With that. We're going to call it a week. Remember, this show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give your feedback. We appreciate that. And don't forget about us on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in there. Little as a dollar a month. You get access to the Slack. And I'm, I'm not joking. No, we've heard, you know, you heard it last year, the whole thing. It is the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. Throw away Facebook. Throw away Reddit. Throw away all the different sites and their chats and all that. This is literally the place to be. Uh, let's see. Don't check us out on Facebook. Yes. Do check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit lions podcast, Instagram at uh, Detroit lions podcast, and on the Twitter machine at D E T lions podcast, the very best place to see case with no pants on. Yes. Yes. All right. Hey, work your dollar. It's Friday and Sunday. Don't wait till next week. You get two other chances to see us. Uh, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions podcast, all one word, or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Also, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and subscribe to the podcast so we can come in your ears automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, and no problems because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time, pack the bag, start the plane. This 